1: welcome to spirit of recovery
0: offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery
1: here's reverend dan beckett
0: welcome to the spirit of recovery on unity online radio we're glad you're with us today i'm reverend dan beckett here with our co-host reverend michelle jelinch together we share ways that spirituality and recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your addiction recovery journey.
1: Facebook users, you can send us your questions and your comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. Be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. We would love to hear from you.
0: Today's show is titled God as we understand God. God. For some of us new to recovery, the whole God thing can be a real barrier. We may be carrying old ideas of God that don't make sense to us. We may not realize that we don't need to accept someone else's understanding of God. We can find our own. In fact, we don't even have to use the word God if we don't want to. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on making peace with the whole God thing on our own terms.
1: We'll begin by sharing our experiences of our resistance to the whole God thing, and then we'll move into the solution, which is a a higher power of our own choosing and our own understanding. After the break, we'll share exactly how that higher power of our own understanding helped us to move from resistance to peace. So, Dan, start us off and share with us what that resistance to the whole quote-unquote God thing was like for you.
0: Um, I went to church as a kid, you know, because I guess like a lot of kids, that's what my parents did. Yeah. But I really didn't like it. Um, much at all. And uh, the my first note that I jotted down, and, and this is ironic, given that I'm a church pastor now, church people are weird.
1: Well, we are you, weird, sort of. <laughs> I mean, there is some truth in that. <laughs>
0: what, what changed it went from they're weird to we are weird. <laughs> yeah, let's be weird uh, together. But <laughs> and, and, and so I had a lot of, resi- I mean, I guess I would call it resistance. Now, by the time I got in a, in recovery, I had that had already begun to be resolved. I found unity before I got sober. Um, okay. And so walking in because I had been, I guess I want to say, let's call it two and a half, maybe three years. No, it was a little longer than that. Maybe five years before I got sober, I had been part of a unity okay. church. And so that was very fortunate. And in in many ways, I had realized that in a sense, finding that unity church was preparation yeah. for me to get yeah. sober. And so I didn't have trouble with the whole God thing in the rooms, I had trouble with it my entire life before I found unity and uh summed up summed up by uh church people are weird uh paired with churches boring that was a boring. that I could affirm back then yeah so that's what comes to mind first weird and boring
1: yeah, I can say the same thing. I I had friends like in high school, junior high and high school and such that were very involved in their churches. And I definitely thought it was weird. I kind of envied all the fun they were having because they were always going on ski trips and having parties and stuff. And sometimes I would even go along, but I definitely thought the church aspect of it was weird. You know, you said that unity was preparation for you for getting sober, and I was thinking that for me, getting sober in the 12-step program was preparation for me to find unity. <laughs> yeah. Because before the before I came into the 12-step recovery program, I did not have any any God concept or any spirituality going in my life at all. In fact, I, like you, um, had been quite turned off by the church I went to, or not the church, not the church per se, but church in general, um, you know, that I went to, we were just talking before the show about tagging along with my grandma and the best part of church was the butterscotch candies in her purse. Uh, but I did, that was just when I went with my grandma, but I did grow up in a Presbyterian church, um, and you know from an early age just like was chafed by the teachings you know the things that i was i don't know if it was a maybe a sort of conservative church um but i just you know it stuff didn't sit well with me and it it never did and of course no one asked me what i thought or if i Wanted to go or believed in it. I just got taken there, you know, on the weekends that I was with my dad and my stepmom. So that was my experience. And as soon as I was old enough to opt out, that's what I did, you know. Um, and then throughout like high school and college, considered myself an atheist because then I became an intellectual, don't you know? And uh, intellectuals don't believe in God. That's silly. <laughs> And I got really into like existentialism and stuff. So I just was like, nope, no God for me. So it wasn't, you know, so resist, the resistance was strong in me, let's say. (laughs) I just didn't want anything to do with any of it.
0: Yeah. I had uh, wondered or even been asked, you know, in that interim part of my life, which was a lot of it, like 30 years, um, you know, was I agnostic? Was I atheist? And I don't know because I didn't even care enough to think about it enough to differentiate those two things. Mm. I mean, I get the difference, but I was like, who cares? You know, that was the level of my interest in church was I don't even care what label would fit me. But it was probably one of those uh, two, agnostic or atheist. But, you know, I really didn't care enough to separate them. Another issue I realized I had was that all I really knew was someone else's understanding of God. exactly. And it was presented to me as if it was the only yes. understanding of God and that it was straight out of the Bible, which was a very large and confusing book yes. for a kid. Yes. Um. And so I carried that idea around most of my life. And so when I say, you know, things like church people are weird or, or I want, you know, I don't want anything to do with church. I don't care if I'm atheist or agnostic and all that. That's all based on somebody else's understanding of God. Now there might be a lot of people that would affirm or agree with that understanding, but it never made any sense to me. And so a lot of my resistance to God and church stuff was because it had not occurred to me that there was any other way to look at it. So I just set it down. You know, who cares? I'm not doing this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I've heard in describing the difference between atheist and agnostic, that it's really only the agnostic that can have no belief in God. Because most atheists, the idea of being an atheist, okay, how do I explain this? Where an atheist is saying, I don't believe in that God. Do you know what I'm saying? So they're they're in reaction to whatever God concept they have, and that's what they don't believe in. I mean, that may not be true for all atheists, but so many of us in unity have this issue of, um, you know, still having even, you know, we evolve over time and such, but still having some reaction inside of us to the God of our uh, youth that was forced upon us, you know, if we had that experience. Um, and so, so usually when we're in reaction and saying, I don't believe in God, what we're saying is I don't believe in that God because it hasn't even occurred to us. Like you said, that we could have our own concept of God, you know, like you mentioned, no, no one asked you what you thought. And certainly no one asked me what I thought. And I think I've always been a pretty, I'm sure this will surprise you, a person of lots of opinions and feelings and, um outspoken and such and i'm that's probably partly why church chafed me because no one asked me what i thought you know (laughs) there was no room for my ideas and and even you know i had resentment against my parents for making me go and not asking me if i even believed any of it so i think you're right i think it's when we have that Someone else's concept of God Imposed upon us Is when we tend to be in that resistance And that resistance Can force Can keep us from doing our own exploration Because we're just rejecting all of it out of hand But then when we come into 12 steps We find out that You know A big part of the program Is a a requirement of the program To be effective Is to believe in some sort of higher power And so that's when we can begin that exploration
0: Right, which is kind of like a a um, uh, what's the word, a uh, you know, a, not a tearing down but of a deconstructing, in a sense, yeah. or taking apart the ideas that I was carrying that I didn't really realize that I was carrying. Right. And that, of course, can make room for something else. And one thing I love about twelve um, step spirituality is that it is so open and so welcoming. Yeah. And so non-judgmental and it's you know the, my understanding or my experience of it is it is you find something that works for you. You don't have to explain it to anyone, you don't have to justify it, you don't have to prove it, none of that. And I thought, yeah. well that actually has value that yeah. I could see yeah. because my whole church experience was they were doing almost nothing, but trying to prove exactly. it and explain it and make other people nod their heads up and down. Like they agreed with it. That has nothing to do with right. God and spirituality to me. And it never has. Right. Uh, so I just don't get it. I mean, assent agreement is not faith. Right. Right. It's just, You know, okay, I want to be part of your club. And so, okay, I'll go along with what you're saying. Now, that's not to say that nobody has uh, genuine spiritual experiences. That's not true at all. I'm sure many people do. But, you know, from someone coming into it from the outside, it sure showed up as um, not as that, you know, definitely not experiential. I remember as a kid, um, Uh, you know, being given tasks in Sunday school, like memorize the names of the books of the Bible in order. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, uh, you know, I still, I could care less today about it. I mean, I'm a church pastor, and that is not a meaningful thing to me. That's like when, you know, when you take history in grade school and you think it's all about dates, and then you get to college, like the dates are, you can go look up the dates. The dates are not the thing. Yeah. You know, it's the it's the I'm actions, it's the yeah. influences, it's the unfolding—that's yeah. the thing, and that's so. That's kind of where I got to finally, at some. point.
1: Well, I think that's why Unity was so appealing to me. You know, I found Unity in early recovery, probably around my, the end of my first year, and when I came into Unity, as many folks have experienced, I really saw that it was a, you know, look inside yourself, um, find the truth within. And that dovetailed really well with the 12 step program, which was telling me to find a God of my own understanding. So for me, they were perfect. Yeah. They went perfectly they, together.
0: They really do. And that hence why we have this show, you know, yep. and in the unity context. it It is such a good fit. Uh, okay. So let's uh, shift around a little bit. And now that we know about the challenge of what we're saying, church people are weird, the <laughs> resistance to. <laughs> Any kind of God stuff, you know, the God, the whole God thing. Yeah. What is the solution? Well, in unity, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles.
1: Yes, and those spiritual principles are in play, regardless of what our concept of a higher power may be or may not be. If an idea is an actual spiritual truth, then it should be universal. It should apply across all perspectives.
0: And this way of seeing frees us up to turn within and seek an understanding of a higher power that does work for us, regardless of what others may be doing or not doing. And that power to choose is what we want to focus on today. But does this mean that I can decide that a banana peel is my higher power? Well, (laughs) yeah, it kind of does. Uh, But we also allow our conception of a higher power to grow and change as we do. So what was a banana peel might morph into something else entirely, right? Because it's always true. More will be revealed. The longer that we walk this path, everything continues to unfold so it can shift and change. Um, So, Michelle, when you think about uh, a higher power of your own choosing... What comes to mind?
1: Wow, this is such a great topic and such a big one. I, I think I've shared many times on this program that um, I told my first sponsor that I didn't, I didn't have a God concept, and um, what should I do? And she said, "Well, I do, I do have a higher power, and you can borrow mine until you find your own." And That sounds so simple, but it's really profound. It's really, really profound. Um, And so I did that. I believed because she believed. And I believed because all these people I kept going into these rooms with, (laughs) they believed, you know, and And it's sort of like we say, it seeps up through the seats. You know, it's like an osmosis. Um, You're basically, you're listening for at least an hour out of every day. If you're doing 90 and 90, you're listening to pretty much other people's Experiences and how they came to find a higher power and what that higher power means to them. And that triggers an inner exploration because you're hearing things and you're going, yeah, that doesn't fit. Or you hear something, you go, yeah, that's it, you know. And then I just began to do my own exploration outside of the meetings. I mean, it was absolutely imperative that I do so, but it it came naturally out of that because. The listening to people talk in the twelve-step meetings was triggering all of that questioning and that, um, that inner dialogue, and so it it got me thinking about all of those things and and so you know that idea of borrowing someone else's higher power until I got my own it really worked for me and I think that by the time I came around to uh, taking the third step I had indeed you know come to believe in a power greater than myself. So here's an interesting thing, because in the 12-step program, you know, we talk about being self-will run riot and that we were all basically motoring ourselves through life of, you know, by the sheer power of our own will, which is a very strong will, most of us. And so when we come into recovery that idea of finding a power outside of ourselves or something greater than ourselves is really important because we're trying to get out of that self will run riot. We're trying to get out of that self created, you know, I can just do it all myself. And it's so important for us as addicts and alcoholics and other types of addicts, you know, in recovery that we that we open up to something bigger than ourselves and that's why it's called a higher power because it's higher than just me but over time we have to sort of grapple with that because unity tells us that god is within so it can get a little confusing and i've grappled with this myself over the years um but basically if what it comes down to for me is uh, the higher power is not small it's not my small s self it's not small michelle ego self it's m- higher Michelle self. And for me, it's both within and without. And so I I did have to um, you know, that's taken me years of sort of uh working with that concept to understand what that is. Because I did I did keep hearing in 12 step meetings that it was, you know, I, I essentially was hearing about a God out there, at least it sounded like it was a God out there, and then Unity was telling me, no, no, God is within. You know, so for me, where I've come to rest is it's both within and without, but it has to be greater than ego, material, self, Michelle.
0: Yeah, and I've had a similar experience and I kind of landed where you did. It's a a matter of the focus point, right? Because even uh, the folks I know that generally, um, you know, conceive of or speak about a God that seems high up and far away, uh, also readily acknowledge there's nowhere that God is not, right? God is here and everywhere. And so, by, you know, by looking at it that way, well, okay, yeah, I guess God is here with me now. Um, but the default is sort of, you know, looking kind of, you know, maybe sort of like the story of Jesus. There's a different person. I can point at it. I can point at Jesus, right? And so it's yeah. outside of myself. Right. But yeah, the um, the concept of a power greater than ourselves can be tricky if we don't differentiate, like you were saying, our thinking mind, our lowercase s self, yeah. our our ego. You know, our constructed sense of self, our fear yeah. oriented uh, sense of who we are in the universe. If we don't realize that there's something radically different than that also going on at the same time then it kind of makes it hard to wrap you know one's head around this power greater than myself but uh, when I understood that um, that this this thing I call God that I turn within in order to have an experience of not because God only exists within me, but because this is where, this is where we intersect. Uh, You know, God may be um, everywhere always, but I'm not right. I'm (laughs) right here right now. And so if I want to uh, have a, a conscious experience of this, thing i call god it's gonna have to be right here right now where i am within my own experience Mm -hmm. i can't have it down the street right i can't have it i can't have your experience of god right right? i can only have my own which is of course internal and so i think i'm saying in a lot of words that i kind of landed where you did i don't get all wound up about um you know, God's not here. God is there, you know, God's within and nowhere else. You know, I I don't, I don't think that's true. Um, I think it's, I really love that we emphasize greatly, uh, turning within to experience God. i you know, that, that is the way to go, you know, however it is I conceive of God. Um, I think there's a lot of latitude there, at least in my opinion, Yes, but, um, yeah, greater than ourselves. And also I learned early on, 12-step people are fun. Yeah. And my first home group was fun, was lots of laughing going on. And yes. um, it's like, well, they all have a higher power and this looks like a good time. Yeah. So I think that might've helped people relax. This is definitely not church.
1: Yeah, it's not exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not a all serious, you know. Yeah, and my the god of my understanding again i'm sure a big surprise is is quite fun and playful and has um, quite a sense of humor as well wicked sense of humor actually <laughs> but um it's so it's so important that we come to our own understanding of god and i as a minister you know i try to really un, um honor everyone's understanding of god because i, I i've come to believe that god shows up differently for each one of us, because I don't know who said this, someone brilliant, probably that God meets us where we are, you know, and so that means that God is meeting me in a different place than God is meeting you. And it's just because I'm a different human being. I have a different personality, different past, different orientation, you know, all of it. So God is going to show up in the form that I can best know God at that moment. That also means that God is going to change shape and understanding for me over time. You know, my understanding of God has certainly changed a lot. Um, I don't want to get into that. It's a higher understanding now than it was before, or that it's any better now uh, than it was before. I think I could say it's more expansive, more inclusive, more open. But um, if God is truly all which is what we say in unity, then God is that too. So if someone says to me, well, for me, God is this, I would say, well, God is that, God is that too. Well, for me, God is this, well, God is that too, because God is all of that, and God is going to meet you wherever you are in that moment. I think you can sometimes tell folks in Unity when they have come through the 12-step program, because our concept of God may be just a little bit different. Because when we come into 12-step program, what we hear is, all you need to know right now is there's a higher power, and it's not you.
0: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Right? Okay, now that sounds a little different than what we hear often in Unity. We often hear, you are God, you are that expression of God. But again, we're talking small self versus higher self we're talking current material carnal incarnation of michelle versus eternal soul spirit of michelle so i you know it can get a little tricky the reason it's so important for us as addicts to know that it's not me is because like I was saying before we we are typically in that self will run riot that I can do it all myself and it's so important for us to get outside of ourselves. I frequently find God in nature because it's outside of me. You know, it's but it's also within me. It these things are so hard to describe and you know yeah. We say we can only point at God because we can't really describe it with human language. But it's that something greater than me. If I go and sit by a forest or a pond or the ocean, I feel a sense of something greater than just Michelle. And that's what's so important to my healing.
0: There are a couple of unity concepts that I really love. One is God as a presence, one presence and one power. I remember hearing that and uh even though it's a little bit to me of a mysterious statement, I kinda get it. A presence that's yeah. important. That that gets at the experiential part of it. And a and a power, you know, a, a something to be relied upon or utilized or co-created with or however however we choose to look at it. And the other thing that I've heard and this isn't straight out of um any film or writing, but the God is an infinite field of possibility, Mm -hmm. right? I love that as well. That's much broader. Um, I can't pretend to say I know exactly what that means, but I know, and this is in the Bible, with God, all things are possible, right? So an infinite field of possibility is sort of like a modern way of saying that uh, very same thing. But let's hold that thought and all the others because it is time for a short break. And when we come back, We'll continue the conversation. So please stay with us. We're glad you found us.
1: This is Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery.
0: Welcome back indeed. We're glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett and I'm here with our co-host, Reverend Michelle Jelich. We'll resume our discussion in a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, spirit of recovery message us from there and let us know what's on your mind.
1: So prior to the break, we were discussing in the first part, um, our, our, resistance to a God concept when we first came into 12-step program. And then we moved into talking about what that means, that higher power of our own choosing. So Dan, now that we have discussed the resistance and we know that the solution, definitely the solution in a 12-step program is a higher power of our own understanding. How has that relationship, let's say, with a higher power led you to a life of peace
0: you know i'm thinking of that phrase that uh, slogan i guess we have we have a lot of them let go and let god mm, yes and i realized recently that i could just say let go and let whatever not that god is not important but it's the letting go part yeah. that is opening the path for me you know having a god concept that works for me sort of gives me a the second half of that phrase let go and well at least i'm not completely untethered right. you know i've got god whatever that means but that 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 courage or finding that courage to do the letting go i think is what has been a big part of it because it's been my experience that uh, anything that I would call spiritual growth uh, is is never a matter of gaining or learning anything really. The learning is just learning how to let go yeah. of things. It's always a subtractive process. You know, mm. we might conceive of it as um, you know releasing that which no longer serves us. Yes. that is a a very broad way of understanding the path. Um, Certainly if I'm doing uh, uh, counseling, you know, weekly counseling, which I do professional counseling, that is all about, uh, it's a path of discovery of what is going on within me. What am I carrying with the express purpose, at least in my mind, of letting go of ideas that I didn't even really know that I was carrying and that are no longer serving me. So let go and and let God that that has helped me a lot and having any kind of god concept was all that was necessary for me to undertake that. And so that's one way that I've gained a tremendous amount of peace and not, you know, and and let go of basically what was essentially fighting with other people's god concepts. I mean, right. is there a bigger waste of time than me fighting with other people's god concepts they can have their concept and i can have mine and i guess the reason i was fighting is because i didn't realize that i could have mine i thought that i had to have theirs because that's what i heard that's i don't know if that's what they said i'm pretty sure that's what they said but i know for (laughs) sure that's what i heard and um Yeah. yeah that didn't work for me at all so there's a lot of peace in letting go let go and let hey man whatever. Can't describe it. Don't need to.
1: Yeah. Wow. I love that. Um, Yeah. That I, I, I find that I still struggle with that even today, you know, that um, I don't, you know, if somebody else's God concept is radically different from mine, especially if it's someone whom I admire, and someone maybe in our own, you know, Unity community, and they have a different concept. I can, I can still get into that, you know. And if you think about it, it's, it's the absolute height of spiritual hubris to think that my God concept is the right one. Um, and yeah. frankly, I think it's. Um, It's the opposite of what unity teaches, is that God is the God of our own understanding. I I love that uh, what you were talking about it being a – did you say a reductive process or a – you know, it's a removing of of that which no longer serves us. And it made me think of that metaphor. I think you might have used it even last week or a couple weeks ago about the sculptor that they asked, you know, how do you create this sculpture? Well, I chip away everything that isn't the person or the horse or the whatever. And i I think that our own spiritual growth can be very um, similar to that in that the process of spiritual growth and exploration, the longer we stay on this path and do the work, is it's sort of a chipping away of everything that is not my true spiritual self. All of the extras that I have, Put on or have been put on to me, all of the sort of layers of identity and who I should be and who I think I need to be and what I'm supposed to be like and false programming, you know, negative things that I um, believed about myself. For me, the spiritual path, especially boy, in the last few years, has really been a chipping away at everything that is not. God, everything that is not the truth, so that what remains is my true self, um, free and unencumbered. So, and that leads directly to a life of peace. You know, the more, like I, I've always loved that saying, less of me, more of thee. You know, the more I can let go in unity terms, it would be letting go of my material self, my, uh, oh God, I love the Fillmore's language, uh, the carnal consciousness, you know, the sense consciousness, Mm -hmm. (laughs) letting go of our over-identification with the ego self so that the spiritual self can emerge more unencumbered and more free. And that to me absolutely is the path to peace.
0: You know, there's. I had to look it up to remember the background. There's a technical theological phrase, "via negativa," for okay. this path that we're talking about, and 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 what it says is that's a technical term for a, a negative way of theology, which refuses to identify God with any human concept mm-hmm. or knowledge. For God transcends all that can be known, uh, yet the term points to the possibility of union with God in the experience of God's. Presence. So that subtractive kind of way, mm-hmm. um, you know, looks like it first sort of came into being a, 1,500 years ago or so. Uh, I have found cool. that to be profoundly helpful. Um, now, in unity, we have the idea of God as principle, mm-hmm. right? Mainly, I take that to mean God is the same for everyone, everywhere, all the time, right? God is not capricious Right. God doesn't wake up in a bad mood and, and zap, you know, me with a lightning bolt, but you get the winning lottery ticket just because right. God, that's how God felt that day. God's yeah. not capricious. God is the same for everyone always. That is the power to me of the idea of God as principle, right? Uh, like, like um, this is a limited analogy, I know, but like gravity, right gravity is the same for everyone everywhere it doesn't favor uh any person over any other person you know the the beautiful dancer is not favored of gravity and the person that falls and breaks their leg is gravity doesn't hate them right gravity is the same for everyone all the time and i think god is too and so um i feel like i have to mention that god as principle is central um, to the unity way of seeing. And I see it as kind of a a pushback on God as sort of a, um, you know, ethical judge. Right. I think people are ethical judges and have conceived of a God that's an ethical judge, but I don't think God is an ethical judge. So uh, how did a higher power help me move? Okay, so I I always remember this one Is it an anagram, H-O-W? Is that what that is? Each letter stands for something honest, open-minded, and willing. And I had to learn, uh, you know, and this is an ongoing process, ever new levels or layers of honesty. And one of the things I had to be honest about was, I don't like all these concepts that I've heard about before. You know, instead of just never saying anything to anyone about it, Um, I had to be willing to say this, you know, let me talk about being annoyed or feeling angry or frustrated about these uh, early experiences that I had with church. And so I can't, you know, being able to do that helps me to find a God of my understanding because I can process these old ideas that are not helping me anymore Um, Out loud, because if I never say anything to anyone about something, I I have not found a way to heal from something without sharing it with others, you know, and that's a central part of 12 step as well. You know, God and another human being right when we do our fifth step and I I learned that that human being has to be alive and awake (laughs) and listening, you know, I'm I'm, I'm looking to I'm looking to gain the system. Yeah, I did my fist up with Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin's a human being,
1: <laughs> or my no. wife when she was sleeping. Or... <laughs> right, exactly. She does not know it, but <laughs> that's funny. anyway.
0: So honesty is a is part of the process for me.
1: Absolutely, yeah. You were talking about the unity concept of God as principle, and I I like the way you described it, and um, and I think it's an important part of our expanding our understanding of God so that it's not this, you know, I don't know. We always say the stereotypical man in the sky with a beard kind of thing. I think we all know that that's not most of our understanding of God, but sometimes, and I'm just going to go there, Dan. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like we swing too far to the other extreme.
0: Oh yeah, totally.
1: Because um, especially the 12 step recovery, a relationship with God is so important and it's hard to be in relationship with a principle. Right. It's hard to feel loving support and guidance and assistance on your very challenging recovery journey right. from a principle.
0: From mathematics, mathematics yeah. loves me. Come on. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, and so I think that we overcorrect. We overcorrect and try to do away with any sort of personalization of God, and you know there 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 can kind of be a a current running through unity sometimes you know that um we aren't to anthropomorphize god in any way um and i think for those of us who came to unity through the 12-step program that can be really challenging and disorienting because that god of our understanding is what got us sober and keeps us sober every day and again um it's it's uh it's not I don't know how to explain it, but I, okay. So I was thinking about, cause I'm weird. I was thinking about squirrels worshiping God, you know, I was thinking about all these squirrels hanging out together. And I was thinking that they would have this picture of God up, you know, in their worship space and it would look like a squirrel, right? Because they're squirrels. Of course. And I'm quite sure my cats have an image in their mind of themselves as gods. <laughs> and so there's something extremely normal and, mammalian if not human about creating God in our image I mean it makes sense we want to be in relationship with something that in our minds at least looks like us and can communicate with us and be in relationship with us and I think that that's fine because like I said in the last part God is that too as long as our understanding of God doesn't end there you know and can be more expansive than that but God is principle, and, you know, I love Emily Cady, Lessons in Truth has been my personal Bible for many years, and she says over and over in that book that just because we've come to understand God as principle, as unchanging principle, does not mean that we are to throw out a relationship with what she calls the loving father. You know, and a father may trigger people for other reasons, that's a whole other discussion, but the point is well taken of that loving relationship with god that is encapsulated in the idea of a parent you know that loving guide and protector and um again it could it could be with it could be within and without it could be small michelle to higher self michelle you know um it has to be bigger and greater than me though but having that relationship for me it's been all about relationship and i just i tend to personally towards the more devotional relationship aspect of spirituality. That's just my personal experience of God. And um, that is what has given me peace. You know, when when I have been on my knees, as I have been numerous times over my years of sobriety, um, I was not asking a principal to help me. I was asking God, that loving, Parent, father, if you will, that loving understanding of God to help me, to guide me, Um, calling on my higher self, you could call it. But it's got to be, you know, there's nothing wrong with there being an anthropomorphic aspect of our understanding of God.
0: Yeah, I think the key is to not allow any one thing to be the only way and uh, so I think I'm with you on that. And what I found super helpful or in the terms of our topic for today, something that's helped me move from resistance to peace is realizing that whatever uh, God concept I may be carrying, I need to hold it loosely. Yes. Right. I need to hold it loosely like like you would. Like you would hold a little bird in your hand, like you wouldn't mm-hmm. clench a bird in your fist right. because you never you want to let it go. You just killed it by yeah. doing that. You hold your hands like in a, like you make a little nest, a little cup or a nest, holding your right. hands out in front of you and let the bird be there. Uh, that's been important to me yes. to hold. Any conception loosely, including God as principle, which I think is powerful and important, Um, including God as um, a loving parent, also powerful and important, and um, just, you know, God as an Uh, ever-presence. I had a quote from Alfred North Whitehead. Let me, God as the great companion, the fellow sufferer who understands. Mm. that, you know, God gets my pain, I mean, gets it, like understands, isn't looking at me like, oh, I don't see pain, so I can't see your pain. Nope, sorry, I don't think so. I think God's experiencing it right here with me, the fellow uh, companion, fellow sufferer who understands, and also joy at the same time you know, it's not just limited to what I might consider to be negative things. But whatever the conception is, I have found it critically important to hold it loosely,
1: yes.
0: to uh, see the 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 truth in many different ways of seeing and not to insist that there's only one way. That's what fundamentalism is. Exactly. You know, the problem, the problem in the world is not um, you know, Islamic fundamentalism or Christian fundamentalism. The problem is fundamentalism. That's right. It could be atheist fundamentalism, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. But once I decide that I have the one and only answer for all of time, for then all people everywhere, then I'm completely lost. I don't yeah. even care what I think that answer is. I'm completely lost. So if I'm willing to hold it loosely, which takes courage, you know, you, it, for some of us, we don't like not knowing. Ugh, right? I don't like not understanding how something works. I don't like not knowing or I don't get it is not a comfortable place for me to be. So I've got to be willing to just sort of sit in that question. We talk about sitting in the question. Yeah. What is the question? What is this thing God, or that we call God? Uh, I hope that that's an unanswerable question or Should that be. it has many answers, you know, same kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I, some. I, it makes me think of something, a meme or something I saw that, you know, if you think you've got a handle on what God is, you don't, or, you yes, know, it's probably right. not that. Um, and I love that, that idea that holding it loosely, I'm going to keep, I'm going to file that away. Um, That's a beautiful metaphor. And I love to think of God as mystery, too, that, you know, I can't describe it. It's it's beyond the beyond. It's it's not meant to be describable in human language because it's not a human thing. It's a spiritual thing. And there is no language for spirituality except just being in that um, in that space, being in communion with God. So. You know, the way I arrived at all of this is many, many, many years of sitting in 12-step meetings, sitting in church services, reading spiritual materials, reading, praying, 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 meditating, spending time in nature. These are all the things that I did to feed myself and to contribute to that growing understanding of the higher power of my own choosing. So it's an engagement. It's a process of engagement. We're always engaging our own understanding of God and it's always in flux. And that's the beauty of it. And it's also what some people don't like about unity what's what's hard for some people because like you say some folks um would much rather be told what to believe it's it's easier you know this can be this is an immensely rewarding journey but can be uncomfortable at times because there is that constant shifting and changing but how that all of that led me to peace was you know i had an experience I think we all have our personal experience of God, whether we would call it an experience or not. But, you know, unity is a mystical path. It's all about our own connection with God. And I felt a very deep connection from the very beginning. And you mentioned presence. And that's really what it was for me, was um, the sense of a presence. And how that presence led me to peace was just by being there. I mean, for this, you know, only child, self-will run riot, you know, addict, alcoholic, being in communion with something greater than myself and having something else on board with me was huge because I had always felt so alone and like I had to do everything myself. And so I always talk about the uh, life-changing, you know, third step that I took, and how that—that bringing that higher power on board with me—that I wasn't alone anymore. That every single decision I made from where to go that day, to what job to take, what relationship to be in, everything. I could seek the guidance of my higher power. I could, you know, open up to that divine mind um, to inform me. And that just completely changed my life. There's no other way to describe it. I went from being alone and having to figure it out all myself to having God on board with me. And I loved those sayings at the beginning. I still love them, you know, let go and let God I loved, um, I think I had a t-shirt that said, God is in charge, you know, and that just, that letting go and releasing, that, so bringing it back to the very beginning when you were talking about letting go, you know, but in order to let go, we've got to be able to let go into something, you know, we're not going to just let go and be free falling, And so whatever that concept of our higher power ends up being and will continue to grow and expand and change, it gives us something to let go into, something that's going to catch us. and Into the mystery. That's where the peace is for me.
0: Yeah. All right. So we've said a whole lot about this topic and it is a fun and I I think you could never get all the way through it saying all the things that could be said. But let's stay step way back if we can and see if we can find a simple way to sum all this up. Ha ha. In the form of a question, (laughs) you know, as if. Right. Um, So I'll ask you the question. In a nutshell, Reverend Michelle, if someone came to you and said, how would I go about finding a God of my own understanding? I really think it's all a bunch of bunk. And (laughs) and you only had 60 seconds to answer what would you say.
1: Well, I think I kind of just did answer that, that over the years it's been a process for me of reading spiritual materials, talking with people who are on a spiritual journey, um, you know, looking at works of the masters, whether it's Jesus or whoever, um, attending church services, spending time, lots of time in prayer and meditation, having that one-on-one personal experience of God. For me, especially time in nature – time of contemplation um all of those things together have led to my understanding of god and i think it was rumi that said you know that which you are seeking is seeking you so as we feel that we are seeking god god is also seeking an experience of us god is seeking to express more fully through us so um just being in the process and being engaged
0: I think if, if I were going to try and answer that and, and keep it brief, which is very challenging, you know, give a minister a microphone and look out, right? Um, certainly turn within. I think that's a critical part of it. And also just to be open. And, and I didn't talk about it a lot, but it's kind of a major point. I'm not sure how I left it out. Set an intention. You know, setting an intention seems like the almost nothingest thing that I could do but it's incredibly powerful it's almost just like resolve within myself I am going to find a higher power I don't even know what that means it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. I'm gonna find a higher power and like you said walk in the woods be creative let it be wordless Mm -hmm. you know don't insist on a, a written description so that's what comes to mind
1: Yes, all good things. So as always, we like to offer you an affirmation to sum up all of this. And today our affirmation is this. In times of quiet prayer and contemplation, I come to know a higher power of my own understanding.
0: I love that. Come to know. In times of quiet prayer and contemplation, I come to know a higher power of my own understanding well it has happened again you've given yourself the gift of another hour listening to spirit of recovery and we are grateful and we affirm that you see it that way too don't burst our bubble we hope that you found something in all of our blathering that will be genuinely helpful to you in your own addiction recovery journey thank you reverend michelle for our discussion and thanks to all who are listening to the podcast via spotify Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We bless you all wherever you may happen to be on your recovery journey. Just one foot in front of the other and you yes. will get there
1: absolutely and listeners if you'd like you can always connect with us throughout the week on our facebook page spirit of recovery please drop us a comment leave us your thoughts and feedback and as always we invite you to join us again next tuesday at 4 p.m central and until then don't drink like my co-host
0: and don't drink like my co-host
1: instead have a wonder-filled week